0: <clears throat> so It's <clears throat> like to as we're coming towards the uh, last day or two of this session together a few things to mention and bear in mind. um, First of all, I'd like to dedicate this uh, talk and lots of merit to all those who manage retreats, lead communities, manage things, manage the imponderables of human chaos. May their nerves be soothed. <laughs> 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 trying to make it work. is uh, so just request uh, to also as so we come into the ending of the street really trying to um, sustain the form of it for another day or so. So form means uh, naturally being together being human beings we like to like to converse and be with each other. That's quite natural. Could we just kind of keep that back for another day and maybe tomorrow maybe a chance to share a little with each other and just sort of, you know, see if we can hold that back. Because it's always just that slow moving. And certainly as we come into Wednesday end retreat, really, I think what I'll talk about today, apart from anything else, is other people, you know, and that experience. Anyway, the other thing is just to say that there's also, today there'll be a meeting for all the people in the retreat, all the yogis, to attend at 4.15. So even if you've done one of these before, then come to this one just to express solidarity to the experience. (laughs) (laughs) Share, share the (laughs) suffering. And this is just one talk at this particular time, so this isn't a kind of general statement about dhamma practice. But you can fit this one in whenever it seems suitable. And this one is about, um, you know, where 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 do you practice? Where's the best place to practice? You know, how do you practice? Where's the best situation, particularly when this form Breaks up, mm, yeah. And really, best place to practice with the impossible. Practice in the place that's impossible to practice. This will certainly, um, you know, bring up your resources <laughs> and uh, get perspective on uh, what we're doing here, mm. what, what, what it's about. Really, getting perspective, getting things in perspective. Yeah. could be so <clears throat> tempting when we have rather agreeable situations set up and, and when we have uh, guidelines and you know support well, this is pretty good and how to make it better it would be all right if there wasn't that didn't ring the, that bell in the morning was a bit you know jangly or um, to close the doors more quietly and just kind of the air conditioning could be a bit. Better or that it's warmer in the morning, and it's going to be even better. Make it smoother, better, more refined, more subtle, more sensitive, more gentle. <laughs> uh, it's just that that movement that way, and then you've got to kind of pull it back to you know what's it like when it's really rough and wild and woolly, you know, and uh, what can you wear? Where's your place of practice then? Where's your place of practice then? So you get to the fundamental, and then the rest of it is extras. Yeah, you know, extras that come up when occasion and opportunities uh, present themselves. You get the fundamental thing. Yeah, mm. and that. You know. So just noticing, you know, it's getting a message today about, uh, um, when I go back to the monastery in Britain, I fly out on the 13th, I land on the 14th, and they're saying, oh, this um, you know, senior Thai monk's coming on the 15th, uh, <laughs> with an entourage of people. And there's a big gathering on the 16th, big, big, Sangha gathering, lots of labial festival celebration, Tajin Charles birthdays. We'll be sitting up through the night. You know, oh God, just the last thing. You know, just come in jet lagged and hit the ground running, you know, feeling, and then you get a sort of, <coughs> Something happens internally. Just you know, kind of worry system starts kicking in. And then, okay, this is where are we now? Just sitting here at spirit rock, <laughs> feet are on the ground, and where am I? Breathing in, breathing out. And just notice how the, you know, the anxiety, worry, and just comes up, and then in that worry, one can imagine, you know, the, the, all the other things that may be going on. Probably somebody's having a difficult time, somebody's in dispute with somebody else. There's probably some building plans that have gone wrong. There's, um, you know, all sorts of messages and requests that have to be met. Somebody wants to disrobe. Somebody wants to join. This <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Oh God! I just hate people. <laughs> I really hate people messing my life up. <laughs> So, so you can't practice in a place where there are other people, (laughs) that's impossible. So, that's a good place to practice, isn't it? (laughs) Because then you you meet that uh, what was my mind creating out of all that, you know? And you can look at it another way, you know, oh, landing the monastery this lovely senior monk will come with warm-heartedness and blessings and befriend me, and the lay people will turn up joyfully to offer dana and celebrate, and I can just sit back and enjoy it, and I can reflect on Ajahn Jahn, ask the senior monk to give a talk, sit back and relax and enjoy it all. You can see it that way, you know? <coughs> Boy, so you're just seeing the way that the sankaras, the mental formations formulate something. You know? Yeah, because the future is what we don't know, and then I, you know, quite often, particularly if you're in any kind of management experience, what you don't know is something you've got to make. You're worried about (laughs) because you've got to make it work, and everybody's going to be happy and satisfied, and it's going to be tidy and neat and so forth. So. And there you've got that that kind of initial. So the future is always that which, you know, oh my goodness, you know, jeez. And if it's not all. It's not a kind of set piece which is all prepared or loose ends around it. Then there's that. Oh, how are we going to cope? How are we going to cope? How are we going to cope? Think it could be better. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, flip it the other way. Just seeing the way one's one's mental programs go. And I imagine this is pretty much the. You know, case for each and every one of us. You're sitting, you think, "Oh, wow, I'm going to do a Monday. Oh my goodness, let's sort that out." And so and so's not so well, and then I've got this difficult relationship with her, and so this is going to be where the place I'm living in needs this fixing, and you know, the money's not so good, and then sort of mm-hmm. bleh, happens about the future, and you know, just, just stop it, don't think about it, mm-hmm. but then really kind of feeling how the world touches you what programs it triggers, what, what's your mental program. And, and then you just notice that, you could be right, it could be a complete disaster. But then now here, feeling that sense of complete disaster coming up into your body, you're here, now you're here. Widening, softening, coming down into your hands and feet meeting that experience with uh, that touch sense. Okay, let it clear, let that immediate reaction dissolve and then sort of see things another way, Mm -hmm. look at it another way, Mm -hmm. you know, just, just coming out of the way that we get caught, snagged in the world, the assumptions. this is, uh, you know, because the, f- the future begins now. The future is always a now that's that's bubbling up with whatever that carries in it, our expectations. Our it's going to be the same old thing. It's going to be another slog. It's going to be back to that. It's going to be more of that. You know, that you've already that murmuring coming up, and then you check it, check it, check it, mm. And then you've got to be this, you've got to be match perf- fit, you've got to be perfect, you've got to make sure it all works, check it, stop, check it. <laughs> you know, don't do that. <laughs> Cut the program. You know, as we got, uh, you know, we were born imperfect, in an imperfect world, we live imperfect. It keeps being imperfect. We get through it, you learn, and you die imperfectly. <laughs> Not the classical dignified passing away in peace or probably mumbling something irrelevant in your last dying breath, like, oh, don't forget to put the cat out. You know? <laughs> And it's realizing you know, that ability to to check the program, you know, this, this which is this really quite severe thing. The worry, the anxiety, the uh, am I, what, can I make it? Am I capable? Can I do it? And everything needs, starts to tighten up and close down. And in fact, you end up not operating as well as if you're a bit softer. And present, and just well, so sort of we'll do the best we can, and really just be a bit more allowing, you know. All imperfect, so let's not anybody expect anybody else to be perfect, let's just kind of slop along together <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, check those 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 energies. You know? It's uh, and it gets easier, it gets easier as, soon as you get older, because after about mid 50s people start getting angry with you, start forgiving you because how old he is, you know <laughs> forgiving you <laughs> because he is getting you know and then after a while, they even start saying things like oh you 're doing really well <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you hit the sweet spot you know <laughs> considering you know what a confused old wreck you are you 're doing very well. <laughs> So, so hang on, <laughs> the good times are coming. <laughs> Couldn't we start out at that point rather than have to wait 50, 60 years <laughs> to get there? So, you know, considering karmic formations being what they are, you're doing really well. <laughs> considering life is suffering, you're doing very well. Considering the amount of, you know, fear and agitation, is you're doing very well. You know. <laughs> just kind of that that generosity of heart towards others and then towards oneself. And then we just, you know, coming out into the kind of organic humanity rather than these linear abstractions of perfection and clarity and order and everything nicely structured, blip, 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 you know. Because it doesn't happen without, something like it happens if you have immense amounts of stress to, to to herd those cats you know immense amounts of stress you kind of get something a little bit like it for a while was it worth it <laughs> <You know. laughs> so we do, do have this you know capacity and you know it gets buildings built and things of this nature and probably this building is probably imperfect as well looks pretty good to me but Probably, you know, the builders as well, you know, the architect says, well, it didn't work out, designer, you know, look at that, look at that with that post is, you know, I remember we had a, uh, the architect, we built a, a, a covered walkway, which is very nice, green oak, big timbers with, uh, um, you know, tile, tiled roof, lovely, and, um the architect, he came down, he just saw one place where they put an extra small little block, wood block support, just one place in this whole walkway. One place hit his eye, he went, oh, look at that. Look at that. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just stabbed him to the, into the heart. Somebody actually put, put a, it was only that big, you know. And, you know, saw that, and that stabbed him in the eye. Nurses are going, wow, it's a very really nice, really lovely place. You know. So just yes, of what the mind can do. Mm. What the mind can do, and just a sense of can we not, you know, be careful with that system. It is useful for, you know, math equations. Very useful system. But keep it in its place. Don't apply it to to yourself <laughs> or to other people or to the organic living world. It's good for abstractions. It's great for abstractions, but you're not an abstraction. Uh, yeah. And you can't be an abstraction. So when you start to, you use words like right, that's an abstraction. Yeah. Getting it right, that's an abstraction. You're not going to get it right. Because that's, that's something that equations do, <laughs> but humans don't. So anything that's got that feel to it, be, be careful about that. Like, you know, regular, right. As so I was saying, 100% is, is, is a dangerous sum, it's too much. I mean, well, it sounds like we're just going to be chaotic, chaotic, crazy. Well, it would be if you were only relying upon that faculty and you unplugged that. But as I've been suggesting, when you unplug, uh, and you can unplug when you plug in other faculties. You know, it's like when you, you can relax your arms and your shoulders if you give your legs a bit more, you know, connection to, you, to the ground then your body can relax, you know. Your face can relax when you feel your body underneath it. Your head can relax when you feel where you're sitting. So you, you, by drawing your attention to something that's more solid and is is there, you can relax other parts. So this simple principle, how to unplug, how to turn certain muscles off. And we're not just turning Muscles off are also turning programs off, which are more like heart muscles. The volitional tendencies are the muscles of the heart. Volitional tendencies, volitional tendencies, reflexes, reactions, those are the heart muscles that drive the heart forward, yeah? Just like the physical muscles drive the body. You know. Now you're learning how, not how you can do more of them because you can do more of them, and something, not all bad either, but, but just, you know, in all that powering, up, reflexing, reacting, fixing, changing, learning, sorting, adjusting, measuring, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening there. Now, can we just start to see, well, this creates a, a huge amount of, of tension and agitation. We feel quite kind of constrained by all that and caught in all that. Worried by all that, not safe in all that, and critical in all that, never satisfied in all that, and it's, then we pr- feel that towards other people as well. Hmm. So, what do we instead? Well, as I was saying, you know, if you come and in, coming into your body, you begin to, to plug that in, and so you have the what's called the basic underlying quality of body is here-ness. Whatever is here, it's here. That's the body intelligence. The balance. Balance is just here. Got, you know, it's got no other quality to it. Hmm. It's also connected. Body is kinesthetic. So, this is the bodily sense. If we get into any of that, you become to get into what we call the basic basis of the heart. Now the heart has all these reflexes, sankharas, volitional drives, energies and impulses. It's muscles you could say that are twitching and powering up and energy runs down those familiar muscles at any given time. You know, you trigger and boom, they'll, they'll run up, they'll rush. Defense, you know, justification, uh, self-defense. Um, I'm not, you know, it wasn't my fault anxiety the uh, thing got to do better though the, the energy will run down those power muscles in your heart mm-hmm. these are say con- conditioned in they are muscles or volitional tendencies that uh, get conditioned in and they rest upon this underlying awija so, or unknowing awija pachaya Sankara is the formulation is Dependent upon ignorance are these volitional reflexes. And the ignorance is not, it's kind of like a, not like a lack of information, but not being in touch with. So there's a vacuity, there's a feeling of, don't know, what should I, should I be? I want, I feel empty, what should I, where am I, connect? who's, where, what, where am I, what's it about, you know? And it's not verbal, it's a gnawing sense that, Perhaps we don't come into very often because there's so much other stuff going on on top of it. But I like a vacuity. It's not pleasant at all. And uh, you know, around that is a certain uh, need for love, uh, need for uh, affirmation, a need for security, need for stability, need to have something to hold on to. This is, uh, you know, our birth experience. So this Awija. And out of that missing piece come these volitional tendencies to try to have something, be something, get somewhere, defend ourselves from something, find something that will warm and steady us, find something that's going to comfort us. And so then all these programs are firing up in more complex ways to try to find that sweet spot, that place where it will fit. And huge amounts of stress and energy go into just trying to get that, have that happen. And you know, occasionally we get close to it. It slips away, we get close to it, it slips away. And then a lot of it is didn't, life's been a failure because I didn't get it. And meditation doesn't get me there to it. And this is the impossibility. Now when, you know so if you kinda of, it's the same, if you kinda of can crunch all that or any of that down as it manifests, the anxiety, the need to defend yourself, the need to prove yourself, feeling you're not adequate enough, you need to fill yourself with something, you get those trembles. You know, steady yourself in your body, try to reduce the narrative down to that, that one sound. And this is dukkha. And then you get down to that one sound, this is, this is the point. Hmm. It's like the point of the arrow and it's, it stuck sticks in the heart. But right at that point, the heart can only do one one thing. If you get right to the point, it can do the, it can only do the one thing. And it's the one thing that's its most basic quality we should just open, embrace, open, embrace, open, include, include, open, embrace, include. It's the movement, love, spiritual love, sense of open, embrace, include. And it's so it comes with the impossible, <laughs> because the impossible is when our strategies don't work or causes so much stress. We think, oh, I. I'm not going to go there anymore. Then you just open, and embrace, include, and then that arrow falls out of the heart. It's rather like you know something when the arrow sticks in the heart, contracts around it, and it struggles, wrestles, trying to get it to come out and push it out. And where did this arrow come from? And how can I protect myself from more arrows? You know, it does all this writhing around and really what it needs to do is just (laughs) open up to let the arrow drop out. This is accompanied by happiness and joy, the ending of suffering, happiness and joy. Because it's a happiness that you always had. Mm. Mm. Happiness behind or beneath before yourself. My unconditioned happiness. It's not that excited, it's just that relief happiness. So really coming to practice in the place of the impossible is the best place to practice. But coming with the resources, you know. Suffering itself is not a solution if you haven't got the you know the, the resources to to manage it. if you're just going to keep spasming all the time. So, again, what what do you need, really? And what I'm suggesting is mindfulness of the body, You know, some of these teachings to to mindfulness of the body, exercising the heart, so the heart knows how to open and flex, it's familiar with that, with its generosity and its sharing and its loving kindness, it knows how to do that. It's not lost. That, That... that flexing gesture when we open and see each other with glad eyes and with affectionate eyes and with compassionate eyes rather than the critical gaze when we share space together with a allowing cooperative sense how the heart we can do that it's not that difficult is it you could still we can do the opposite we be crabby and picky and snappy but you know you, most of us most of the time can manage that quality and that suggestion. So this is as this is, we say, we're, we're reminding the heart through that every day that, we, that it can do that as well. It can do that gesture, that opening gesture, where no, we're not long, no longer focusing or picking away at particular specific object definitions. Uh, you know, you said that and your robe isn't tidy you know, and you banged the door yesterday, and and, you know, (laughs) you can do those kinds of things. You say, you know, you just go to, what's the relationship here? How am I witnessing this person or myself or this scenario? How am I witnessing it? Is my heart, you know, imbued with goodwill or not? So then, you know, that's what... You get that point when stuff touches you. We can go into that, you know, object definition and then how to get it right, get very worried about getting it right, making sure we're okay with everyone else and said the right thing at the right time, didn't say the wrong thing at the wrong time, and then, you know, made some dreadful slip up. Oh, my goodness, you know. You know, when you're trying the best you can, you stub your toe because (laughs) you... Oh, you yeah. say so the wrong time, wrong place. So you know, still don't quite get it right. I imagine St. saying when he was when he was there in, in his, uh, the forest monasteries. You have to walk walk around these paths, and the paths are not necessarily all nicely, you know, with asphalt on them. They're just just beaten down in the in the ground. So the tree roots and stubs and things. And he's walking. I think oh, no, I've got to be really mindful. Don't stab my toe. And he says, oh, really be mindful. Bang! he stubbed his toe. Oh no! His toe hurt like crazy. Like, really be mindful. That was so stupid to be mindful. Really be mindful, and he stubbed his toe again. <laughs> and the more he had this idea of trying to be mindful, the more clumsy he got. <laughs> so it was just stop trying to be mindful. Just feel out where your feet are. <laughs> feel your feet. Do you see what I mean? You know, how even the best words <laughs> can take us up into the wrong place in, in our minds. And we have to be careful of that, just how, you know, how much you want to carry around in terms of words and ideals. But you know, what can you transfer into, into action, Kamatan. Action. What can you transfer into your body? How much, you know, which bits can you transfer into embodied feeling? You know, these are the bits you need to know. How to meet the panic experience, what happens in your shoulder. Can you meet that and relax your shoulder? Yeah. can you meet the hurry up experience and relax your belly? Can you meet the uncertainty experience and not have your eyes and fluttering around May I help you know <laughs> and just soften a little mm. so we take it things like that you know and always that pausing coming back to that which is as you prevent it from manifesting in the body then you begin to come back to the to the mess signal in the heart and the heart instead of getting the signal to tighten to flurry to panic to scramble to stab to defend this gets the message of soften widen you, know, you encourage it to do that and then oh you become like a like a cloud that things can move through they don't they don't stick into you anymore So practicing with the impossible, as we know, the impossible very often is other people. Why, uh, you know, and then the Buddha, Sangha. So Sangha is both a refuge. It's a, it's something we we honour as the the accomplishment, you know, the accomplishment, the human accomplishment, the human intentionality to accomplish. You know, it's, it's that sense so, so of those who practice rightly, practice with integrity, we hold that up, we honor that, how beautiful that is, when everyone, anyone lifts to that degree where they come back to their integrity rather than the, what's easiest or what's convenient. But no, what's most integrity in it? We honor that, praise that. This is what, and Sangha is our refuge. Sangha is also our practice place. But Sangha means other people. It means accepting other people. You know, seeing the similarity in all these diverse karma formations. It means meeting other people from, from that place of dhamma. Mm. That's a practice. Yeah. And the interesting thing about sangha in this way of practice is, is like. Um, you know, like some of you can recognize because you can say they've got robes and shaved heads. But Sangha's practice, they're incognito. They're, they're wearing plain clothes. They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> some of them are animals, you know. <laughs> some of them are deer, turkeys, <laughs> whatever. And so you need to meet them how to get this creature out of my way, you know.
1: <laughs>
0: how to get that irritating thing out of my life shut it off you, know, you think, this two feelings this two is life this too you know mutuality and so in meeting it' That's what I think was so helpful for, for in my own practice quite a turning point because I had quite a strong my practice initially always on my own so even though I was in a monastery it was just in a Kuti on my own, all we did in the morning was go Bindabad, arms round, and we come back, rest of the day silent on your own. And the most challenging piece of the day, well, it was all challenging. Being on one's own was challenging, not having to do was challenging. And the Bindabad, the arms round was challenging, because you were finding that this person, you're going arms round with walk too fast, or walk too slow. Yeah, or well, the donors didn't turn up or they gave too much food, it's too heavy to carry the bowl, or the weather was too hot, you know? or they gave lots of this food and none of that food. And you got too much of this food, but none of that food, and he got some of that food, but I didn't get any of that food. There's, there's so much dukkha around that. <laughs> you know? But still, they to kind of, okay, that's over with, and then do the practice on my own. And so a lot of personal resilience and strengthening in some respects and resolutions to sit up all night or fast or whatever in the various things one does you know to somehow to do doing the best you can or proving something or yeah def- definitely not you know pray- some praiseworthy practices but I doing that for like for quite a number of years and uh, you know just sort of I've done not eating, not talking, not sleeping, not lying down, not bait, I've done it all, it's not much more I can not do apart from not live. <laughs> uh, you know and then walking up and down longer and longer time, sitting longer and so on, so uh, the feeling is still not enough and then what then we've got put in position we have to be it um, Amrawadhi, which was a kind of large community with lots of visitors and, and um, so on, and people of different cultures. And so from just being a small male thing for summoners, it became a you know, thing for men, women, nuns, monks, guests, confused people, occasional person with severe mental disorders, stumbling into the monastery and the whole thing. You know, and then trying to make some pattern out of it, some routine out of it, some structure out of it. It's just, you know, this is cat herding on a big scale. Because <laughs> not every even spoke English. So you're trying to speak to, you know, Korean, somebody other with a mental disorder. Uh, you know, okay, how do we work with this one? And the feeling of, not enough time to practice until eventually you get so, you see this irritation and impatience in the mind and think this is the place of practice. The only thing you can do now is just open, widen and love it all, include it all. And then just that shift and you begin to really experience the lovableness of human beings there. you know, something, when you say lovable, it doesn't mean you like, it means you resonate, you empathize. Oh, well, that's confusion, yeah, I get that one. <laughs> this is what it's like when you feel <laughs> completely out of it. Yeah, I know that one. And you get some resonance, you know, uh, of all that. It's not a cognitive thing at all, it's just a, f- a feeling, a feeling sense of, of the, f- the communality as an experience that um, the heart moves into. And the sense of the isolated self, the isolated, desperate, besieged self trying to manage the world, trying to come out on top, trying to find out what to do, how to make its life work. What's the meaning for me? What should I be doing? Should I be doing more sambhatta, more vipassana? Should I practice metta two hours a day or one hour a day on mornings evening? It's kind of a twittering self. It's, you no know, time for that. And it's kind of come into holding the field. And then, the, then one does, it in the heart, in that open heart, you really, one does really have a template for practicing, oh, here's the ill will, here's the irritation, here's the eagerness, here's the wanting to serve, here's the feeling grateful, here's the feeling not good enough, Here's the feeling of you know, the whole you know the whole gamut of human reflex, and here it is here, 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 and when it's here, there's also there's something here that's not in that mm-hmm. the the reflexes, the sankharas, the activations of the heart when they can be acknowledged, accepted for what they are, seen for what they are, they're grasping at shadows, grasping at possibilities, grasping at their own projections, grasping at their own anxieties, grasping at their own wishes, grasping at their own agitations, you know? Where are those things that the heart is reaching for? They're purely generated through the reaching. It's like as soon as you reach out to something, you know, the heart is trying to reach out for something to push away or to hold, and as it does so, it creates this thing that it wants to push away and hold onto. You relax the reflex, there's nothing to push away and nothing to hold onto, but you feel you are not suffering, and this was which is <laughs> the whole bit <laughs> of what we came here to what we're here to do. Mm. Now we, the, these reflexes, you know are the ones the ones you really to, to check are the most immediate ones, the, the immediate jump thing that happens Um, so you want to just give yourself even 10 seconds pause on that if you haven't got 10 seconds then maybe that really is something to have a reflex around like somebody's pointing a gun at you or something but mostly we can say you have got 10 seconds and then coming into the body that's 10 seconds and just you know simple thing dropping the shoulders opening the chest letting the belly relax coming into the feet relaxing the face just, just a quick shoo, and you get quicker at it you see that's that's the that's the turning point instead of that you know jump forward and can we train ourselves to come to that point which is just the moment and then now what's really helpful what's useful now what's needed now what's needed now is not how to fix, you know, the thing in five days time or the other end of the site or the people out there, but how to deal with this uncertainty, how to deal with this wavering, how to meet that. It's the first piece, because I just, you know, you can't know what hasn't happened yet. You can't, you know, you just to meet that. What should I do, what should I do? It's the first meeting is Again, softening, steadying, what's really helpful now? Goodwill, spaciousness, refuge, whatever comes up. And I don't want to put too many words on that, but if you ask the question in the right place, the heart will respond in its own way. And there may be words that go along with that, the heart will respond. So it's a little piece at a time. First, check the reaction. Pause. Come into hearness, and then what, the first thing is not what to do, but what's needed now. This first two seconds, five seconds, what's needed now, and then really asking the heart intelligence to come up, rather than just these reflexes. Mm. And, then, and then it may very well, you know, you, as it comes up, you may find there are dumber themes come to light, such as, well, let's just talk more slowly. Let's just, uh, instead of, let's listen to the other person, you know, rather than do my thing on him or her. What's she trying to say? What's really she really trying to say? How do you think she's feeling? How's it, how are you meeting it? So just negotiating the meeting place. Because it's astonishing how, you know, we assume that anything you say, the other person will immediately understand it 100%. And whatever they said, they will get it exactly right the first time. And you will exactly understand it the first time. And if you haven't got that, you're a failure. I think nobody gets it right the first time. You probably get the general thing, then they wanna say, did you mean this? They didn't even express themselves right the first time. What actually is it, what's happening for you? What do you, you you know, you just start to negotiate. And to see that willingness to negotiate is such a helpful effect. We're not rushing to a conclusion. So everybody, both people, all parties start to Ah, oh, we can be human together, which means we of, I I don't mean fumble around until something shapes up. It might take a few minutes. So this is the way that you know we're trying to practice in sangha, and in certainly in, in uh, you know the monastic circles I dwell in, it's a, it's a lot like that. It's a lot like that. And the more I like it, the better it gets. The less people come with fixed agendas and fixed positions and fixed projections, the more we enter uncertainty with good heart then the better everything goes. The worst thing when somebody knows exactly what's right for us. <laughs> when somebody knows exactly what's right for us, you think, oh, there we go. Oh well, I have to be patient with this one, <laughs> you know, because it's, it, 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 it's, it's we are we are cats. We don't herd, um, but then we can gather. We can gather around our our good humour and our sensitivity and our willingness when we realise this is for my welfare because I'm getting a little more, you know, easy and loose and interested in this and less frightened and less defensive. And she's getting that way too, and this is really okay. Finally, hey, we don't even have to have a solution. It's just nice chewing a problem over together (laughs) until it's sort of, you know, it wasn't ever a problem. It's just uh, the way life is. Just uh, the inconclusive impossibility of existence and we're surfing that wave from one calamity to the next. (laughs) It's not always that intense by any means. It's always, this is, instead of resenting, it's getting nice and there's this problem, this thing's broken down, this thing's happening, this thing's got to prepare for, these kind of continual waves and just, you know, the more we can Feel what they do to us, and you know, let the heart open. Then we're finding a way both for our long-term release from suffering and for our immediate uh, activation. How, how we're going to work together? So, this is the uh, Upos today, the day of the the. Uh, the gathering. So this is the day when the bhikkhus, bhikkhunis, so forth gather to recite their, uh, confess their offenses to each other and um, come together in their respective communities uh, to recollect their training and their commitment and their fellowship. It's a very, this happens every two weeks. So been going on for to every two weeks for the last two and a half thousand years. (laughs) Kind of amazing, isn't it? Every two weeks, two and a half thousand years. It's always the same recitation. (laughs) And uh, the Buddha, you know, he said, well, you know, in Sangha, he said, there's bound to be, always going to be bound to be differences of opinion. So one one of the, key topics is called the allaying of differences of opinion. He people, human beings are bound to have differences of opinion, yeah. and he said, well, you can work out various ways of dealing with it, but it always comes down to, you know, if there's a mind of pride or harshness, you relinquish it. You live with deference through the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, you know, if you, you, you're always prepared to listen and release and you know, come into community. Hmm. So these are, this is the, says above every kind of rule and, and precept which you can quibble over, is his underlying sense of what would the Buddha want? What would be the blessed one? What would he enjoy in our concord? What would we, if he saw us just squabbling and arguing, would that please him? If he saw us proud and dismissive, would that please him? If he saw us willing to cooperate, would that please him? So we live with that kind of reflection. And so, because this is sense of in this, when you're in this sangha commitment, and now for us it's, it's clearly signaled with these robes and things, you realize, you know, we're gonna make this work together. You know, we we got—we're stuck with each other. We've got to make it work, you know? and it's not going to—it's only going to work where the heart can open. You know? The rest of it just will come, shape it up as you go along. So, you know, so the retreat—you uh, um, know, as probably many of you know, this uh, Bikuni ordination has been recently becoming more available, more prominent. And obviously there's all sorts of uncertainties and questions and queries and who's right and this sort of thing going on. And uh, really, you know, saying myself personally, it's just so many things I just don't know, but, but uh, not prepared to dispute <laughs> and a uh, feeling of, of uh, welcoming and encouraging and finding work out the details as we go along. So this is my Avada to, to the sisters. This is the uproading whilst of the day. So the rest of us, if we uh, continue this morning, and I think I have uh, interview sessions coming up and so if other people practice walking and sitting until the meal we'll have a break about so if ring the bell about 10 1030 because you know, change over